Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we will see a prototype of prayer as exemplified by the Apostle Paul. It's legitimate to say that you can learn to pray like an apostle, and as you learn, you'll reinforce what you've already discovered in Ephesians. Not a surprise, the title of this week's message is Pray Like an Apostle. Please follow along with Pastor Jim in today's slice of this week's message. We visibly represent him and manifest him to the world. I've always likened it to a mosaic. Now, a mosaic is a whole bunch of little tiles or little pieces of rock. Each one on their own doesn't look very significant. But when you see a mosaic and stand back from it, you see the grand picture, right? You see the big picture. Now, if you happen to be stone number 47 in column number 98, and you're just looking at that stone, you'd say, hmm, that's a yellow rock, all right? Doesn't seem maybe too significant by itself, but in conjunction with everything else, you get the proverbial big picture. The big picture is Christ. So, we As the individual members of the body, members one of another, we portray Christ to the world. They will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. They have the right to look at the mosaic and say, somebody put together a beautiful thing here. Now, if there are a whole bunch of little tiles missing, the picture is not as beautiful as it should be, right? How crucial are we? 100% absolutely essential. It is not possible, my beloved friends, it is not possible to practice Christianity apart from union with other believers in a local church manifesting the characteristics of Christ to the world. Did I say that strongly enough? I don't want anybody, you're the ones that are here, even you that are on video. You're here too. But if you meet somebody who believes this, you can't practice Christianity apart from the church, the body of Christ. You you mean I can't be saved? I, I get saved by coming to church? No, I don't mean that. You get saved by the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You must receive that that free gift. But once we receive that free gift, we become part of the picture. Every one of us and every one of us is needed. That's why when one member suffers, we all suffer. When one member rejoices, we all rejoice. We need each other. So, that is the one who is the fullness of Him who fills all in all. That fills all in all part is added to clarify that Christ is not in any way deficient without us. He still runs the whole universe, but what an incredible point of identity for us. We live in the era of identity politics. 
defining people by their uh, skin color, by their ethnicity, by their social status, by their gender identification. Look, there are two kinds of identities in the world, Christians and non-Christians, those that are part of the body of Christ and those that aren't, those that are alive and those that are spiritually dead, those that are in Christ and those who aren't, those who have the Holy Spirit and those who aren't. That's the solution to all of the unity problems or lack of unity problems with all of those worldly divisions that we define. The reconciliation, the unity is in Christ. And He's the only answer that will ultimately solve those things. Now, there's a general prayer, verses 15 through 17, Those are specifics there in 18 through 23. Very quickly, at least three applications that I would like to suggest to you to be sure that you are part of the answer to the way the Apostle Paul prayed. First of all, realize who you are. You are part of the fullness or the complement, if you will, of Jesus Christ. What an identity we have. Secondly, commit yourself to Getting to know the Lord Jesus Christ by pursuing what? True, accurate knowledge of Him from His Word. Take your enlightened mind, that heart whose eyes have been opened. Come to the Scriptures. Seek wisdom. Let the Holy Spirit enable you to learn what you need to know and grow in it. No one ever lives life by principles that they don't know. No one ever becomes godly without understanding what godliness is from the Word of God itself. And then one more I thought is worth our consideration here. Based on who you are in Christ, based on all that you have in Him, don't let anyone intimidate you to go another direction. Don't let anyone intimidate you by displays of pseudo spirituality. There's a lot of people today who will tell you a lot of things about this. This is what you have to do to be spiritual. This is what you have to do to be uh, spiritually mature. And they're diversions. They're cheap substitutes. You know, about the same time that Paul wrote this book, we know as Ephesians, he also wrote a letter to the nearby sister church in the city of Colossi. And in the middle of that, he wrote something that he didn't put it into Ephesians. There are a lot of parallel passages between Ephesians and Colossians. This one's only in Colossians. But I think it fits here with the idea of what it means to grow, to be developing this spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. If you look over at Colossians chapter 2, very quickly at verses 16 through 19, therefore, No one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink. There are people today that that will tell you that there's a certain diet that you must eat in order to be spiritual or the most spiritual. That's not true. Now, as I always say, a constant diet of Spam and Twinkies may not be very wise, but it doesn't have to do with your salvation. It has to do with your stupidity. Okay, You can be a steward of that, but that will not make you spiritual. 
Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. There are people today who will tell you that to be a Christian, to be a mature Christian, you should really be practicing all of those festivals, new moons, and Sabbath prescribed in the Old Testament. They're wrong. Why? Jesus fulfilled it all. Let no one judge you regarding a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So if you have the reality, why would you go back to the shadow? Let no one keep defrauding of you, you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement. Some people will tell you that you are more spiritual. The more you deny yourself, the more spiritual you become. That won't make you more spiritual. It'll make you have less stuff. That's what it'll accomplish. And the worship of the angels. All the preoccupation with angels, it all comes straight out of the New Age movement. It's not biblical. It's not correct. Read Hebrews chapter 1. Christ is the one who dispatches the angels to do as He pleases, and it's completely outside of our purview. And we don't worship angels, and we don't talk to angels, and we don't pursue angels. Now, listen to Paul's assessment of those things. You'd have thought, I should have to read this with the accent that Justin Peters has. I can't. But he says, here's his description of those people who defraud you in that way. Taking his stands on visions he has seen very popular today, are people who are prophets who claim to be speaking for the Lord. Here's the description of those people. Inflated without cause by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. God gives the growth through the eyes of your enlightened heart taking in His Word. You have everything you need in Christ. Now, if Satan couldn't keep you from coming to Christ, he'd love nothing more than to short-circuit your growth by sidetracking you from the true source of growth and power, which is the Word of God applied by the Spirit of God. I promise you, I am not an apostle, but I'd like to pray for you like one would. Let's pray. Father, thank You for all that is ours in Christ. I pray that You would evermore give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and true knowledge of Christ. I pray that You will work through our enlightened eyes to know the hope of our calling, to know the riches of the glory of our inheritance in Your Son. I pray you would help us to understand the greatness of your power. Pray that you will help us to understand your choice, your plan to work through your church, the body of Christ, and that is us. And so, our Father, when all of those vicissitudes of living in a fallen world come our way, with each of those trials, with each of those pains, with each of those occasions of joy. Please, our Father, help us to see them in terms of Your eternal plan and to joyfully embrace what You have for us in them. So do with us 
as you will, for your plan to make us all the more useful members of one another in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.